0: from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey
1: everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. Welcome to a slightly choked up Ask Engineer. Uh, It's me, Lady- You promised
0: you wouldn't cry. I don't (laughs) (laughs) I'd
1: like to think the Academy. Um, I'm Lady Ada, the engineer. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control behind the scenes. AV and all that good stuff. We are here at the Adafruit factory that's behind us. It's not a green screen. That's really a factory. This is where there's over hundred people working day and not night to uh, test kit, ship video product code, etc. All the electronic goodies that you love in the Adafruit shop, all the open source stuff that we do, all the um, tutorials that we release right now, it's nighttime. Everyone's home except for us because it's time for Ask Engineer. We're going to be going through uh, one hour of what's going on and making, hacking, engineering, and more. Uh, tune in. We've got all sorts of stuff going on, including
0: discount codes on tonight's show. Speaking of the Codis gas sensor, 10% off the native for Star all the way up to 11:59 p.m. tonight. Get to anything that we have in stock. Give you a discount. We'll talk about some of our live series of shows, including Show and Tell. We just did that a few moments ago. Time travel. Look around the world. Make our artists and engineers. We have some special segments tonight. Since things are starting to come back in stock, we have our new segment, The Real World. I'll check that out. From the mailbag, we'll le- read some of your emails and letters and more to us. We got some Main, New York City factory footage and more. Some three D printing. You now, Pedro, we're going to show some cool stuff. We've got Ion MPI brought to you by DigiKey this week. It is an ocean. New products. We're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, where you can join all 35,000 of us. All that tomorrow. To- <laughs> tomorrow, All that tonight. T- t- <laughs> all, tonight or All, all that and more. I'm just going to combine words on Ask an Engineer. Okay. So, uh, first up, Lady Ada, uh, when people put stuff in their cart, not only do you get a discount, but they get free stuff. What do they get?
1: That's right. We have the freebies $99 or more. Our classic Permaproto half size breadboard freebie is still there. Take your project from a solderless breadboard to a solderful breadboard with the Permaproto. Uh, it's a great way to uh, make your projects more durable. I wish I'd had these in school. 149 or more. We're still giving away PCBs, pink circuit boards. KB2040 uh, is an RP2040 based board. It's got eight megabytes of flash. It's got a uh, IQT connector, buttons, castellated pad, USB-C, all the good stuff. It can be designed for keyboards as well. why it's called the KB2040, but you can use it for all sorts of things. $1.99 or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's trackable, it's insured, it's UPS. And 2 dollars or more, we're still giving away a Circuit Playground. This time it's a Circuit Playground Bluefruit. It's got Bluetooth Low Energy. Uh, lots of LEDs, buttons, sensors, and more. It's a great solderless uh, way to learn how to code or do engineering and IoT. And it's got Bluetooth low energy, so you can do wireless stuff with it too.
0: All right. And don't forget, um, we're still doing the two-factor authentication on our site. We do verified email accounts, two-factor authentication that allows you to buy things like the Raspberry Pi, which are still in short supply. It also keeps your account safe. And um, you probably noticed everybody in the world is getting emails that say make sure you secure your account in one way shape or form adafruit offers account verification and two-factor authentication if you haven't already on all your other things besides adafruit because you probably already did adafruit please do i got an email today from one of the banks we use um multiple different companies that we interact with and all of them are like yeah um People will call you and ask for your password. That's not us. Um, you'll get emails that look like different ones. They're not us. Oh, by the way, um, here's you know the, the latest disclosure thing last week or this week was Uber stuff was happening. Some Grand Theft Auto footage is leaked. Tis the season, so computers like to share their bits. That's why we made them. So they're you,
1: very bad at keeping secrets. Yeah,
0: they're called servers, but they're actually keepers. Um, they have everything on there. So, anyways, be safe, everyone. We do a bunch of live shows. Um, We just finished up our show a few moments ago.
1: Yeah, we did Show and Tell. Did Show and Tell? We hosted it.
0: We hosted it this week. Um, For Show and Tell, um, there's lots of great on there. Yeah, there's lots of great stuff on there. However, I'm going to say if you're interested in Raspberry Pi Pico W, or Pi Cow, as it's referred to, um, check it out. Jeff Jepler has got the start on CircuitPython for PyCows. So if you want to use CircuitPython, we're making Wi-Fi way too easy. So that's what's going to happen. So sorry, you're going you're gonna to save all this time instead of fiddling around and Wi-Fi. Um, it's coming. It's here. So check it out. You know, you can do it now. You can watch after the show. You can also check out the UF2 that Jeff dropped in Discord and uh, try it out for yourself. Um, a lot of people have these PyCows and they want to do cool stuff with it.
1: Get all the powerful drivers and capabilities of CircuitPython with Wi-Fi.
0: Okay. Um, we do Disc of Lady 8 every Sunday, and we're going to do kind of a, a deeper dive, as they say, on Penguin. Penguin. But uh, what did you talk about in part one?
1: Well, the part Penguin, one, I, yeah. I did talk oh, about Penguin okay. a bit. Um, so we showed off a demo of this new uh, software that Phil B. wrote for me because uh, I was tired of asking him to constantly do silkscreens for me. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. He's very good at it. Uh, but, you know, th- there's a lot of boards that I wanted to redo all the silk screens. Um, so I showed off and talked a little bit about how Eagle CAD, which is the CAD software yeah. I use for PCBs, handles fonts or doesn't. And we'll go
0: over that in the yes. guide section. Yes. And then we do the Great Search, where our late 80s are powers of engineering and part searching to search for things on digikey.com. What was the Great Search this week?
1: um okay so this week um there's a diode that we use for like almost all of our power supply uh boards the boards that all the boards that we have have a power supply circuit in them and almost all of them use uh this diode the mbr 120 vl it's out of stock at digikey you know it's weird like the silicon shortage is like it's kind of like up and down like there's some parts that are really easy to get some parts that are really hard um oddly enough i couldn't get this diode so i was looking for an alternative and there was a couple little tricks of how I found um, a good alternative. The initial way I did it did not find me anything in stock, but then I went around the back door and uh, found a couple really good options.
0: Okay. Uh, JP's product pick of the week. We do this every single Tuesday. Here is this week's highlight. Take it away, JP.
2: The 10 and the six solid core hookup wire spool sets. These are 22 AWG, and they are perfect for breadboarding and prototyping. We get white, black, gray, brown, dark purple, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red. Look at the set of six. You get the blue, white, green, yellow, red, and black. Here's how you use them. Uh, So I will just take a little bit off of the ends of my wire and end up running them like that. The solid core, this, this gauge works great. 22WG works great for pressing them in and getting a solid connection. This isn't falling out easily. I first built this on a breadboard, then I just moved it over to the Perma Proto and was able to make sense of my wiring and match my fritzing diagram. That's my product pick of the week. This week it is the 10 and 6 spool hookup wire set. Solid core.
0: Okay, jump Park's workshop is tomorrow, and then Friday we have Deep Dive with Tim. So let's do some time traveling. Stuff on our blog and more this week I want to talk about. So it is September, and for this month, you'll see all the posts we have for National Hispanic Heritage Month 2022. Um, if there's people's stories or inventors or a scientist, artists, musicians, uh, do check or it out.
1: Maybe students you know, you You want to suggest us. Yeah,
0: so it's, it's us using our blog, which is pretty popular to help put the spotlight on some amazing folks. So check it out. Um, you could see our posts that we have so far this year, and then you could see our previous years as well. We usually have uh, whatever celebration is going on each month for the groups of people that not only work here at Data Fruit, but for everyone that's in our community as well. So stop on by. Um, AdaBox update, the update is there is there is no update. However, we're getting closer to do, to do to to having an update. So here's what we're thinking of doing. Uh, depending on how much the chip shortage continues to maybe settle down a little bit, we're starting to get some stuff, but it is still hard to get like 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 plus. Um, we're either going to try to do the winter edition or we're just gonna punt to 2023. Don't worry, we don't charge data boxes until we ship them um but what we would do is actually send out an email for that because we don't like to be in your inbox for no reason if there's nothing actionable to do um we have plenty of sign ups so if you want to pop out and come back later you probably will be able to but there is a waiting list so
1: we are seeing a bit of a relaxation of the the part shortage but ever since you know for the last six months we've been on allocation which means that we can't even if we have the parts on order they may not get shipped to us.
0: it's getting better it's getting Um, a little better and so in celebration of getting a little getting a little bit better um, we usually have a chip shortage video this week we're going to continue with the new series which is called the real world which is when we get some parts on a reel this is the true story of nine strangers picking place to live in a factory to manufacture together and have their lives taped to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. Adafruit, the real world. Okay, Lady Ada, what part did we get back in stock this okay. week?
1: We got a mega amount of the MMA 8451. This uh, 14-bit accelerometer, I, I don't exactly know why people love it so much, but it's like we had so many back orders and yeah. um, from resellers, and a lot of people signed up for it. Um, and we have a lot in stock again. Uh, you know, this was a last time buy. And last time buys that occurred, you know, in 2020 slash 2021 were very precarious because it was one of those like, will you actually get it? I don't know. Let's wait a year and a half and find out. But um, they must have done a big uh, die run. Um, and uh, we, you know, got a couple thousand chips. And so uh, if you've been waiting for the MMA 8451, uh, check it out. You're going to see it yeah. up here at, at distributors and at Adafruit. Um, there actually are, you know, it's funny because I we kind ch- of alternate chip shortage and real world videos. But there's actually quite a few boards that um, are back in stock. Things that have been out of stock for quite a bit. Not everything. Um, but you're going to see a lot yeah. more chips and sensors. You know, we had some BNO 055s. We had... Um, We're still trying to get some D 51s, but we did get some D 21s. So some like Neo Trinkies went back into stock. So. We're
0: getting there. And and also, you know, I know that folks are addicted to pain and suffering and complaining. Uh, We're not. Uh, we're looking forward to only having real-world episodes of things that we're getting back in stock. Chip shortage was fun to educate folks what was happening. We wanted to be able to look back in time and say, oh, that was interesting. You know, We tried to work with the companies. We're like, here's what we need. Here's what we use it for. Um, there was no dunking, no shaming or anything. Um, but it can't be complaining and bad news forever. So when we're getting more stuff in stock, we're going to continue to alternate. Like, if we need stuff, we'll say this is what we still can't get. And then if we have things and we're starting to get stuff, we'll do a real world segment. So that's where that comes from. So,
1: very exciting that this chip came back into stock. Yay! Yeah. It's possible.
0: Okay. Mailbag. Okay. Mailbag. So this week, Eric sent us a note. Your shipping boxes make really awesome Project Stork boxes, and I look forward to receiving them. It's fun to try to get the different sizes. If you cut a GPO-sized rectangle in a small box, you can push the Pi zero headers out from the inside and put a bonnet on the outside with plenty of room to spare. Easy pie case mm-hmm. with just a sharp object. You can add holes for buttons, wires, etc. That's
1: a good idea.
0: Okay. That's not hardware time. Okay, this week on the Python on Hardware newsletter, um, we cover everything, because we do. Uh,
1: yeah, actually you throw a lot of like Lisp and Scheme and yeah, REST stuff into it, the newsletter too. It is, too. it is, it
0: is a like programming newsletter, I think, because if you're doing coding, microcontrollers is that little pocket universe that you could do a lot of stuff with. Anyways, um, the OG uh, Arduino ID is out, a new one. 2.0 Looks so good. yeah and so Arduino's already been kind of moving to Python land anyways so we wanted to have you know some coverage on that so you can check that out if you use Arduino and obviously we've been doing a lot of Python stuff but we're still the top library producer for Arduino so have yeah we it. did
1: a bunch of libraries recently
0: yep um, of course deep dive is uh, this Friday coming up with Tim circuit python parsec with jp circuit python show if you have not already seen it um, or downloaded yet or got it on your pod catching device or however and whatever you use to download and look and see videos or audio Uh, thea flowers was the latest uh person on the circuit python show so do check it out becky who i used to work with at make and here at Datafruit, has a new series with digikey do check that out. And then um, lots of other, like, you know, Pi-related things. Tom's Hardware has their uh, 100th Pi Cast. Uh, they do a lot of cool Raspberry Pi content and more. Some Python um, Ooh, tips. Ooh, this
1: f-string thing is handy. I do, can never remember f-strings. Yeah. I have to look them up every single time.
0: So handy resources from our team. Um, our community help desk is back on September 26th, so if you want any help with Circuit Python, come on by. Um, it's going to be part of, you know, fe- Fest ish Oh, uh, yeah. If yeah. people
1: want to get t-shirts in October, uh, get ready. To get your pull requests in. Um, you know, we will take uh, valuable... I feel bad saying valuable, but we'll take pull requests that are not simple typo fixes, yeah. which is, has happened in the past. Um, get a couple PRs in and you get a free t-shirt.
0: And uh, a lot of projects using some Adafruit stuff, but this week, uh, highlight of the week I wanted to show, this is from geek mom's project. Oh yeah, this orb is yeah. cool. Yeah, so this is an orb. Um, it's called Tiny Orb or Cube Orb. And um, she has a really nice set of like progress photos and how it was built. All the 3D printing. This has it's powered by CircuitPython. Um, and you can get an idea of what a cool project you could build with 3D printer, CircuitPython, open source hardware and software. And you could just see like so it's funny this about is this, it's
1: like, you know, we did that cube project, you know, Phil B and, and Pedro did an amazing LED cube, like 64 by 64, you know, panels, six of them. And it's like, I was like, we're done. We did the cube. And then like geek bomb is this like, mic drop time for orbs, Here's round. Ta- yeah. time for orbs. And I'm like, no, we, now we have to make orbs.
0: Yeah. So
1: this is really fun though. It's like, actually kind of, I'm actually like, this is a little more fun than a
0: cube. Yeah. So check out if, if you haven't, um Geek Mom Project is pretty much the best thing on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, so do check it out. And that is our newsletter. We deliver this every single week into your inbox.
1: Or, or, or.
0: And, uh, you can go to adafruitdaily.com. You can sign up for it. It's completely separate. It has nothing to do with your Adafruit store account. We don't share email address. We don't spam it's ad free. Subscribe anytime. Unsubscribe anytime, all that stuff. All right it's open source hardware time we have 2734 guides hmm. in the uh adaford store learn experience site yeah bonanza um what's on the big board this week, Lady Ada?
1: okay we have a couple updates circuit python and linux and raspberry pi guide i think melissa just updated this um because uh, i'm trying to remember what changed but i think it was like python version changed um so you want to update that and then don't forget Phil B wrote an amazing nudes uber guide um you know you want to use nudes safely uh, you don't want to hurt yourself don't want to damage your nudes uh check out the uber guide it'll give you tips and tricks on uh nudes um we've also got an update to the pmsa 003i air quality breakout i think this got added to Snapper. I think that's what got updated with this guide, um, which is really cool because we're doing a lot of air quality projects, which we'll show a video of yeah. shortly. Next up, those are updated guides. These are the new guides, new yeah, guides. We've got, uh, starting from the left, <coughs> pardon me. Um, the TCA 8418 keypad matrix and GPI expander. Um, Liz, uh, thankfully uh, for me, it saved me a lot of time to go up a guide on use- how to use it as a keypad Reader, don't forget, it's got a built-in queue manager. um, So it can hold 10, push button down and push release, sorry, button down, button release um, events. So like you don't have to constantly be polling it. It'll keep track of a couple of different events for you. Uh, It has interrupts and it's also a GPIO expander. Um, This is uh, interesting, it's one of the last boards I designed pre-COVID, like the original design was like February 2020. And then I couldn't like immediately the chips were completely gone off the face of the earth and I only recently got um, a bunch of them back. Uh, so check that out. We've also got this awesome uh, Canary in a Coal Mine CO2 project. So this is um, a, a Cutie Pie, uh ESP32 with an SCD40 CO2 sensor and a servo. And what's neat about this is that this is a no-code project. There's no code, no IDE, no command line. Um, using Adafruit IO whippersnapper Snapper, you can data log the CO2 levels, and then when the CO2 levels um, fall, the the crow, the canary in the coal mine, well, it's a crow because we're gothy, um, yeah, passes out. <laughs> I don't want to say dies. Uh, don't read about what actually happened to canaries in coal mines. It's not a it's not a fun story. Um, this one just goes to sleep. <laughs> it's fine. It's just resting. It'll, it wakes up when the air quality goes back. Um, But it's a great example showing how to do fairly complicated IoT action projects with sensor inputs and motion outputs, um, all using Whippersnapper, which is awesome. Uh, Of course, you can always remake this project in Arduino or CircuitPython, but we want to show how to do it without any coding at all. And then we've also got a guide uh, for this old breakout. We forgot to do a guide for it. Somebody reminded us. Thank you. Uh, The 24LC32. It's a basic I2CE PROM breakout. Very handy because a lot of ARM Cortex chips, like the RP2040, uh, like the SAMD5121, do not have built-in EPROMs. It's not a common thing on ARM core chips, common on uh, 8-bit micros, but not so much on the uh, Cortexes. But you need to store a MAC address. You need to store some non-security-based uh, information. An EEPROM is a couple bucks, really easy way to do it. Uh, check out the guide. We've got uh, links to Arduino library uh, examples and CircuitPython library examples. And then finally, we get to the Penguin.
0: Yeah, um, we do have a little character. This is uh, the Penguin. And Penguin helps you make nice fonts for your circuit boards, such as, let's say, if you wanted to have the Blade Runner font or... Papyrus. Papyrus. I've
1: always. I, so I'm going to basically redesign We're, all of our boards. Yeah. with Papyrus, because and, I think it's the best font.
0: And so one of the things we've been waiting to do, until we could have Papyrus on circuit boards, we didn't want to update our branding. Yes. So um, we finally are able to do this now. Thank you. He just
3: highlighted Avatar, he clicked the drop-down menu, and then he just randomly selected Papyrus, like a
0: like a thoughtless child. So what does this do? Um,
1: so what this does is it, it terrifies, terrifies Ryan Reynolds. Um, one of the things that people who use Eagle CAD, like me, or actually a lot of CAD software, have noticed is that they're great for making boards that are hidden inside of um, enclosures or, you know, laptops or PCBs uh, or, um, sorry, uh, PC cases. But if you want to have your PCB be beautiful and people see it because it's a dev board, because it's a badge, because um, you just like to make beautiful art, even if people don't see it. Um, it's it's challenging to it's already challenging enough to add bitmaps, but it's really hard to add um, text that uses the non-built-in font. Whatever the font that's built into the CAD software, you kind of have to use. And um, in that case, it's uh, it's a vector font for Eagle CAD. And, you know, I was talking to, it. what I've done historically is I've asked Phil B, like, hey, can you, like, if you look at the uh, Circuit the uh, Circuit Playground, Blue Fruit, you see all these beautiful, rounded fonts on there. That's custom done by Phil B for all of our boards, which is great when we have, you know, a, a popular board that I, I'm very proud of, like the Circuit Playground or the KB2040. But we have a lot of just basic breakout boards. And... Um, I, I kind of feel like I feel bad asking Philby, hey, can you spend a couple hours on this board that's, you know, every week I'm coming out with one? And so I said, hey, can we make a way to add, uh, you know, proportional font that's not the, the built in vector font? And Philby says, well, why, why can't you just use a proportional font? And I'm like, aha! If you try and you export the Gerber, the Gerber comes out as vector. It's a lie. Um, And so I said, can you, you know, look at, there's Buzzard, which is what SparkFun uses, and there's a couple other tools. I said, can you look at them and see, like, any way for us to use something like this, ideally something that works in place so that it's like, you know, whatever text gets replaced without me having to, like, redo the whole board because I'm often tweaking the location of text as well. And so what's really cool about what Phil B. did is he actually parses the XML file for um, EagleCAD. So shout out to EagleCAD for... 10 plus years ago when they moved to XML, because you can parse it out, yeah. extract the text elements. We were on
0: that conference call saying, you really need to do this. Yeah. And they did, it was right before the acquisition merger thing.
1: Yeah, and so. they were like, yeah, we want to move to XML. It used to be a binary format. Extracts it, and then you know, whatever TTF font, whatever TrueType font you want to use, it'll actually make the font size to like match how big the text would be so it's like it does the best it can to give you the same size text um, and then repastes in the generated um, scanned scan lined like a vector uh, sorry uh, what's the word not vectorized the opposite vectorized uh, rasterized font back into the board file Um, you don't have to use a separate library file it actually kind of like puts it in place and then you can move the font uh, the text around so you, you do have to avoid typos because otherwise you have to rerun the tool um but once you've gotten the text about the size and location you want you run this and they can have any font so you know we did papyrus of course and we showed um you know we had klingon and we yeah, had we did someone
0: yeah. asked if we uh does it work with otf i think that's the font that yes, we use we did OTF. yeah so there is a anything, um, that,
1: if anything that pillow supports which t- yeah two type python Oh, Jeff, I think it actually probably supports PostScript, to be yeah. honest.
0: So really one to. of the things, you know, all, all kidding aside with Papyrus, we, you know, we picked this because it was, we were going to do Comic Sans, but I kind of feel like everyone's kind of made that joke. Um, but one of the things that we think is going to be interesting is, especially for people who make props in the universe of Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever else you might do, there's usually a font associated with it. So one of the things I think we're going to see is people who do, like, lightsabers are going to be able to use a a Star Wars font. So the inside and the outside of the things that you make for costuming, for props, for fun, uh, or anything, um, you'll be able to use whatever font you want. Well,
1: it's also, like, there's things that, like, I normally wouldn't, again, I wouldn't, wouldn't bug Philby into doing but like you know i'm making these breakouts for the tr 808 step switches i mean they're not tr 808 switch step switches they're just very evocative of the tr 808 step switches and like i'm obviously like dude of course i'm gonna go like for the labeling i'm gonna go pick out like the 808 roland font right if yeah. i can get something that looks similar to label the p- pads because like why not if it's if it takes only two minutes for me to find the matching font and run it um wouldn't it be cool if it had you know that same look um so, but, you know, for for me, I just also wanted to improve the, you know, legibility. I, I, I think that the vector font, while it is quite legible, I do like a kind of heavier font. So I'm going to go with, like, Futura uh, medium because I've always really liked yeah. Futura. The Adafruit logo is Futura. Um
0: um, someone mentioned it'd be cool to do the like Stargate font. So, anyways, yeah. we think just going to open up a whole go bunch to of whole bunch of um, cool creative opportunities for people to put whatever font they want on their circuit boards. And, so. and
1: here's the best thing: um, we're only charging people ninety nine dollars a month <laughs> yeah. to use it. No, just kidding. It's free. It's open source. It's on source. our GitHub. It's open yeah. source.
0: And go um, go for it. Check it if out. If anyone wants to port it for KiCad, go for it. Yeah, um, I don't use KiCad. That's use, the only reason. Yeah, I our team uses all the different tools, and just you know, one little. Um, you know soapbox type thing I said this on desk of lady ada but sometimes people get really gatekeepy with um how how they think open source should be um so for open source hardware the way it works is you publish your files and whatever you use it in because not everyone uses KiCad, not everyone uses um eagle cad not everyone uses uh, alt use so Altium. whatever the file format that you used is what Forecat. you publish it and then you put it in an open source license. Then you put the code somewhere and that has an open source license. And that's the requirement because hardware is a little different. Everyone uses different things. Um, For the folks that are allergic to even hearing that, keep in mind, we get emails that says, Adafruit's not open source, even though we publish all of our files, it's all over open source license because Lamore uses Windows. So there's this, they're just targeting her because she's, how dare a woman does electronics? But that's, t- that's the type of gatekeeping that we heard. And you know the joke that I always say, because it's true and it's not funny, but it is funny now because it's been a couple of years, is someone said, oh, you know, the elevator that she uses, it doesn't use open source firmware in it. Um, like, how would they know that anyways? Um, and so therefore, you know, part of the process of making the hardware, because you take an elevator with closed source firmware, it's not open source. So it's just ridiculous. So, you know, m- make sure when you're doing these things, uh, stay away from hearing that nonsense. If you're using EagleCAD, yay, you can export as XML. Um, no one has been stopped from making open source hardware because they got all the files and all the open source licenses that were available. And it was hardware. That's not, what, that's not where things break down. It's when people aren't releasing files or not putting it under a license. That's actually what's, what the problem is. Um, but, anyways, that's my little rant.
1: Anyways, port to KiCad if you'd like. Go for it.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, let's do some uh, factory footage. All right, it's 3D printing time. We're gonna play these back-to-back. We've got two things this week. Uh, Here comes the uh, sleepy crow that has too much CO2. And then we're gonna do a, um, you guessed it, skull print speed up because that's kind of what we- We love skulls. Kind of what we do here. Um, Each of us have a skull. It's true.
3: You can build a CO2 sensing project using Adafruit.io and Whippersnapper. Inspired by canaries and coal mines, this metaphor has become an iconic way to depict warning signs. With Adafruit IO, you can build a dashboard to log and monitor an air quality sensor. Using Whippersnapper, you can easily set up an ESP32 Wi-Fi dev board and an SCD40 CO2 air quality sensor. There's no coding required, so you don't need to know Arduino, Python, command lines, or even an IDE. Now you can use servos and trigger them whenever the air quality reaches high values. You have control of the servo it can change the angle of the horn by adjusting a slider. We set up an action to trigger the servo whenever the CO2 level reaches high values. Then choose to publish a message to the servo with a value that matches your desired angle. The setup is really easy to put together and it's free for folks to play around with. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. Download and 3D print the parts to build the enclosure and the articulating bird. The Cutie Pie ESP32 snap fits into this little holder and gets secured to a mount for housing the servo. Be sure to check out the step-by-step tutorial by heading over to the Adafruit Learn Guide. The SCD-40 is mounted with screws and the servo press fits into the mount. The sensor easily plugs into the Cutie Pie thanks to the built-in Stemma QT connectors. This 3D printed horn fits over the shaft of the motor and is secured with additional hardware. Now we can slide the circuit into the housing with the sensor poking out of the cutout. Assemble your friendly bird by joining the two wings to the body and create a rivet by heating up the tip of the pin. The wings freely rotate allowing our bird to appear sad when it's upside down and happy when it's upright. The bird can then be press fitted into the shaft of the servo and the circuit can be powered over USB-C. We hope this inspires you to check out Whippersnapper and Adafruit.io for your next IoT project.
0: So that wasn't a skull. Apologies. Sorry, the appropriate person has been fired. <laughs> I heard it like Mad Magazine every time, like back in the day, when someone would write them a really mean letter, they would write back and say the appropriate person has been fired. So, yeah, we, we're firing our scriptwriting team. Yeah, sorry. I thought it was a skull because, like, I think it looks skull like.
1: It actually, from the here, thumbnail, looks like a skull. Here's the thing
0: anytime we show a video, I could probably just guess skull.
1: I'm right half. It takes the time. 75% of time. Yeah, I'm
0: probably right half the time. So just say skull. All right. In okay. Anyways, um, time for NPI. You can uh, watch 3D Hangouts every week, and you can learn how to make skulls with uh, Gnome Patriot. Okay, let's do my own NPI. Oh, you know what? Let's um, remind folks. This is the, this is the discount code, so you can buy stuff, save some money, and we can hire new writers, <laughs> for this show. <laughs> we need new writers. Okay. Okay, this week is, uh, is an do you ocean. Think it, an ocean. An ocean. And uh, I like their logo because it it's reminds cool. it reminds me of Echo the Dolphin, which was like the best Sega game ever. I'm
1: glad you know the product is named Echo. I don't know what I'm just saying. So maybe they really all nice fans. Isn't
0: that, I like that game because it was like oh, I'm just a dolphin. I'm just like helping out, you know, yeah. doing stuff. Okay.
1: Okay, this week, I'm actually really glad because this is a product that I've known about for a really long time. And um, this finally showed up on digikey.com new. And I was like, this is a really cool product I want people to know about. Uh, so this is um, there's an, it's, it's a development kit, the EDK 350U and 350. There's two versions, uh, basically depending on what frequency band, 868 or 915 megahertz, uh, depending on if you're in the U.S. or uh, Asia, Europe. So what is this? Um, this is a, a dev kit for I, mean, I love this dolphin. Um, it's a dev kit for basically all of EnOcean's uh, wireless sensor technology and energy harvesting uh, tools. So what I like about this is it's kind of like a little bento box, where you get um, one of each of their sensors and switches, and I'll show them on the overhead as well, as well as the radio control board, uh, USB key, and everything. So you get like a little bit of everything, and their software. So you get to really experiment um, with their you know, batteryless technology, uh, and I thought that was interesting because you know we, I looked back at a bunch of the uh, INMPIs that we did recently, and you know, there's one thing that comes up over and over again is low power sensor IoT. You know, sensors got very, very cheap, right? You can now get accelerometers, temperature sensors, humidity sensors for under a dollar, which is wonderful. Um, but you know, then you're not, now you have to deal with them as an engineer. Like you, you as an engineer have to power them. You have to get the data around with them. You have to uh, maintain and wire them. And that's actually uh, really challenging because the moment you have something that's battery powered, as everyone knows, you have to constantly recharge it. Like you have a phone. If you don't charge it every day or two, uh, the battery runs out. So wireless gives and takes. It's it's very nice for people to take things around untethered, but you also have to maintain them. Um, and so, you know, one of the, I was thinking about like, how do we solve this in general? One, if you have a phone, you just no, you have to charge it if you want to use it um, for other uh, you know sensors that we have you know in industry like I was thinking you know we solve the issue of like what happens when the battery runs out of your smoke detector right this is a, a very common wireless sensor uh, it's not IOT but it's a standalone but you know it has a nine volt battery in it and it runs for like you know almost a year but eventually the battery runs out and then there's this there's this really big challenge with um especially with fire alarms uh, smoke detectors because you know they're they're so safety oriented like you really want to make sure they're running you almost never need them but when you need them they really need to be working and the problem is is that when the battery runs out you can't notify somebody that the battery ran out like there's no indicator of like this thing isn't working anymore and so you have to notify people when the battery gets low but not so low that it can't notify anymore and so you know uh for um, a lot of uh, smoke detectors, they have like a beep, you know. But like, what if it's a winter home or a summer home, and you don't, you're not there, or you, you're out for the week, uh, you're on vacation, you come back, you don't realize that it's been beeping for a few weeks, and maybe the battery has has died. And so, this issue of what do you do when you, as an engineer, have a sensor network or sensor nodes, you want to collect the data but you don't want to deal with the battery management because you know not only does it take wireless of course takes a lot of power to transmit um and so that's going to drain your battery but even rechargeable batteries have self-discharge rates so um NOcean came up with this idea of well, what if we just didn't have batteries <laughs> you know, they, they were like what if we just took out that part because if you have Wireless technology, but you don't have a battery. You don't have to deal with the wiring. You don't have to deal with the maintenance. You don't have to deal with the replacement. And you also place. You can literally put them anywhere you want in a duct, behind a wall, because you never have to get to it. Um, so, Ocean, um is you know kind of famous for their kinetic energy harvesting, but they you know they also have solar, which we'll talk about. And I remember when this came out in like early two thousands, because at the media lab we we're like, oh my god, this is the thing that everyone's always talking about. How can we have you know sensor data radios that work without batteries um and so the way it works is and you can you know watch a full video about it but basically you have it actually reminds me i'll tell you what actually because um, my partner at the time was researching these you know those clickers that you use for your um your stove if you have a gas yeah. stove and you have to have a little clicker and it you know you you, you press and there's this like strong click and then um the uh whatever the the material um uh activates the the flame and then you can um use that you know the gas inside and then you can use that to light your stove or your pilot light um so it's the same idea it's like this very it's a very tough spring and you know as you pull back this you know spring activates and then you finally reach this activation point um and it the spring releases and then you get this uh the coil moves and the coil Movement, uh, sorry, the material movement through the coil activates a uh, magnetic field, and the magnetic field um, generates a small amount of current that goes um, through the coil and can turn on your electronics. It's a very small amount. You know, you have to very quickly convert it because it's AC, you have to convert to DC, um, and you have to get it to a reasonable amount. Um, but you can, it looks like they basically are like, look, you get about 100 to 200 microjoules at two volts. Which you know might be enough to transmit a very quick amount of uh, packetized data over radio. Um, yes, yeah, somebody piezoelectric sparking lighters, correct? Uh, it feels just like that. It's not the same thing, but that's what it feels like. You you have to kind of press hard. And uh, this you know this was a patented design that they came out with. And again, I remember when when this came out because we were like, this is really cool um, to see somebody actually take this theoretical. Um, I mean, it's not theoretical. People have been doing this, but take, taking something to production, which would actually be usable by engineers um, as a module. So they've sold the ECO, the Echo 200. Um, and this little module, you can see the coil, you can see the, little, the mechanical switch, um, the magnetic, and this is what uh, does the energy harvesting. And then it, you match it up with a radio, because, of course, the radio has to be designed so it can work at the voltage and the, the micro joule capabilities, right? You can't take too long to wake up. You have to wake up instantly, sense the data you need to and immediately send it because there is, the the data is only available for that few milliseconds after the click. Um, this is not a long-term harvester. Uh, so There's also a data sheet about this. So you can you can get the individual modules. Um, and then, you know, what's, what is f- interesting is you probably have seen this, we actually had one of these hue taps yeah. um so you remember it was a kind of like you had to press the button and you, it would click and yeah. then it would turn on the lights so this was kind of a brilliant idea because the phillips hue is a uh, Zig, zigbee wireless um led lighting system and so having a wired switch didn't make a lot of sense and also like why have batteries that you have to maintain and manage yeah. when you don't have to you it's okay to have the feeling of oh i'm clicking something to, to turn on and off the lights so Um, It did make it into, you know, popular industry. Um, They have a bunch of different modules, Uh, like I said, 800, uh, say, 868, 900. Uh, They also have Bluetooth, 2.4 gigahertz, which is kind of cool. They have Zigbee, um, all the individual radio pieces uh, that you can mix and match to to make it work with your existing system, although I think the best efficiency you're going to get is when you use their own radios, of course. Um, and they've also expanded to not only have uh, piezoelectric, not piezoelectric, ma- magnetoelectric, uh, kinetic energy harvesting, also solar. Solar is of course going to be a little different because you know you you put it under a fluorescent light, you know, in an office or something, and it you know slowly 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 charges up a little uh, you know, a super cap or a built-in um, lithium coin cell um, until it gets to a certain amount, and then uh, it can then burst data out. This one, of course, you know, may take longer for it to um, charge up, but it can be repetitive, you know, something that sends data once a day. And again, there's no maintenance. You can put it anywhere you want as long as there's some light. It works basically the way a solar calculator does. And um, there's a couple modules for that as well. There's things like a humidity and temperature sensor and, of course, the built-in um, radios. Um, they also have, like, a really funny YouTube video that's three hours long where this guy, and he, like... Kills like three hours. He wants to say like, "Hey, you know, normally if you have to install a wired switch, and you have to pull the wiring through the wall, it takes three hours and twenty minutes. So for three hours and twenty minutes, he's just on this YouTube video. Anyways, uh, check it out. Available <laughs> on
0: DigiKey and it is in stock.
1: Yeah, I thought I would just show really fast. I did pick yeah. one up.
0: Do you want to uh, go to the overhead? Yeah,
1: it's gonna the I'll just quickly show off. It's what they call people,
0: the unboxing. So people can biz. see how.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of unboxed already. You get the the manual. You get a USB cable. Um, so this is the control board. So this is the receiver, which you would USB power. Um, and it's what would get the data in so you can, um, this, is not what, this is not the wirelessly charged part. This is the yeah. receiver that would be part of your, like your data harvesting setup or your, you know, hue bulb controller. And then um, this is the solar panel yeah with uh, you can sort of see this the solar cells um, little battery um, and this is a microcontroller um, antenna and then um, the fun part is goodies yeah so this is the um, mechanical switch so you know as you as you click it it is uh, generating a little bit of current and what's interesting about this is it's actually designed to not require soldering so um, I removed this from the back of, you know, this was this uh, radio was attached on, so there's these touch points. And if you look carefully, you can see there's these little gold oh yeah. pads where this would just clip in. And so, you know, if necessary, you can replace this part. Um, and then this is the clicky switch also. This is basically the same thing inside of here, yeah. but it has a nice um, two-way switch up or down. Yep. So you can have two options. And then here's another radio receiver, so you can use their um, radio network and use their software to re- you know detect basically when you've you've pressed the switch up and down. So I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. you know this is this is, you know, you want to do energy harvesting. It's totally a pain um, because there's so much tuning. Like I remember like you know talking to people who were trying to do this kind of thing on their own, and it was basically like you spend all of your time tuning an inductor. And the coil, and trying to get it to like work exactly right, and then the amount of It's, it's hard to measure because as you measure it, it's um, not
0: reliable unless you use something like this, which is Yeah,
1: for them. it's basically like they really figured this out. So if you want to do energy harvesting um, or kinetic um, powered electronics, like just get their module and you plug it in, and like you're ready to go.
0: Okay, we have a video.
4: Hi, I'm Walt Siskins, the CEO of InOcean. We are the world leader in energy harvesting wireless technology. What got me hooked to this company is this little device called a Mechanical Energy Harvester. By pressing this switch, we generate enough energy to send a wireless signal. Now let me show you what our customers have built from this technology. This is an example of Philips. It's a switch that can turn off a lamp, an LED lamp, and generate different scenes, different colors. Another example is what's called the water sensor. This sensor functions on the basis of the same technology. In the back, you'll see some leather rings that will expand when in water and press effectively the same device to send a wireless signal, turn off the valve and prevent more water damage. Other sources of energy that we use are light, like in the example of this window contact that senses whether a window is open or closed. Another alternative that we use is temperature like in this heating valve. This, an ocean-enabled heating valve, uses the temperature differences in its own radiator to adjust the temperature based on the control system it's connected to. Also, no wires, no batteries. Now, I got hooked to this company by this device, the Mechanical Energy Harvester. I'm curious what can get you hooked to an ocean, to our technology, and what products you can think of using no wires and no batteries.
0: Okay, before we do new products, code is gas sensor. You'll figure out why in just a moment. Let's do some new products. gas
1: sensor. All right, first up. Sticking to engineering. Okay, by request, somebody emailed in and said, could you guys make some sort of like passive? hub for STEMI QT that's yes. very small. That's like the size of your standard STEMIQT size. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. And so we made one. So this is a uh, board that does pretty much exactly what it sounds like. There are seven vertical ports uh, to make, you know, so there's you can have more than two because usually they go out the sides. Um, there's an on LED to tell you that it's powered. But basically all the SCL, SDA's powers and grounds are connected together. Um, so this doesn't do like C address, renumbering or sharing. I mean, everything still has to be on a separate address, but if you don't want to chain your C, if you want to like have it be in a star formation, which one, it will reduce the capacitance of your line, which means you can run a little bit faster, but also maybe has more elegant wiring, um, then this uh, board will do. It also has breakouts if you want to use it with a breadboard, but it's designed to be used uh, solderless, and I can, I can just show real fast. This is, the, uh, this is just the demo. Um, again you don't have to plug in five things but uh, ideally you know you would have your controller and then now you can have uh, five boards you can see each one is getting power and then um, this has a power LED as well so you know that it's working Um, just a handy you know couple bucks for the wiring simplicity some people were asking for it it's got mounting holes and um, we made it the same size as like you know 90% of our boards are 1 inch by 0.7 inch so you see it um, if you have like mounting holes in that location, uh, this will fit just fine. Okay. Passive hub. Next up. Uh, we now have the yellow seven segment HT16K33, uh, fully assembled. Uh, it's come with Stemma QT ports for a bit, but you still have to solder it together and now we sell it pre-soldered. So uh, even less work, you just plug and play. Can also show that on the overhead. You can still use it with a breadboard if you like, like our original version, um, but uh, we've been stemeq uh, as many boards as possible. So, uh, you know, plugged in here, um, and you see you just, uh, you, you have these vertical ports. You can chain them together, and since the ports are vertical, you can have them end-to-end if you would like to have gigantic numbers of digits. You can have, uh, with the address select jumpers, you can have up to eight of these in a row and they're the same size and mounting holes as before they just have the stem UT, and they now come in Adafruit Black.
0: All righty, next up.
1: Okay, next up, um, so one of the things that we've been doing at, during the ship shortage is finding alternatives for parts that we can't get. Some of the parts that we couldn't get for a very long time was the CP2102 or CP2104 USB serial converter and we use it in a lot of boards and so this was a little bit of a crisis um, but thankfully we got the WCH-CH9102 uh, as an alternative and so this chip is uh, pretty much pin compatible with the CP2102 and CP2104. It has slightly different behaviors which I'll talk about right now. So. USB serial converter is really handy because a lot of ports have, sorry, a lot of computers have USB, not RS232, but just about every microcontroller, your ESP32s, your Atmega 328s, your 8051s, they all have a serial port that's like 3 volt or 5 volt. Um, So first up, this is a 5 volt compatible, but 3 volt logic. Uh, You can change the uh, voltage from 3 to 5, but I'd say keep it on 3 and then... Um, you can always input 5 volts and it will be fine with it. It does have uh, control lines, a DTR, a DCD, ring, DSR, RTS, CTS, you know, all those popular ones, which means you can use it to upload to Arduinos and ESP32s if you connect the RTS and DTR pins. You do need to have a driver. Um, the driver is not built into operating systems other than Linux. For, for Mac and Windows, we have a guide that shows you how to install the driver. Uh, it is less expensive than the CP2102s or the FTDI chips, so there's that. Um, a lot of people are starting to use this for just not just because of availability, but for cost savings, bomb savings. Um, one or two things I do want to mention because they tripped me up. One is the TX LED does not blink continuously when you're using it. Uh, usually, you know, the RX LED does, but the TX LED, like, will only turn on every five seconds for a second or two. It's a little bit unusual. It does work, but you have to be like constantly sending data for the TX LED to work. Whereas the OX LED seems to just kind of like work as is. Um, second, in Linux and only in Linux, the CTS pin does not work with the default driver. Uh, in the product page, I link to an out of tree Linux kernel driver, which you can compile and install uh, that will add CTS support. I verified it on a Raspberry Pi so the out of driver does work and hopefully it'll get worked into mainline kernel eventually. Um, but it's only CTS pin, all the other pins work fine. I don't know why that pin was the one that just sort of got not tested for some reason with the driver. Um, but other than that, you know, it's very fast. It's very reliable. I've used it for uploading code to ESPs, to Arduinos, to all sorts of chips, and it works great. So um, as long as you don't care too much about those LEDs and you don't care about the CTS pin on Linux, this is a very good replacement, an option for um, the CP210X series.
0: All right. Next up, the starter show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our community, our staff, all of our customers, and more, is not this.
1: It's, the, <laughs> it's not this. That's right. I asked you to put this in for a reason. A lot of people like to use the CCS811. It was a very popular air quality sensor from uh, SciO Sense AMS, um, and it was discontinued over the COVID break. It was revised a couple times Bye. and discontinued very sad Hello. however it was replaced uh the ccs 811 is now known as the ens 160 it is a greatly improved sensor it still does uh effective co2 it does total uh, volta volatile organic compounds it also has air quality it has um inside of it four individual box sensors and it kind of uses the combination of them to do the algorithmic stuff what's really nice is you don't need any weird firmware binary blobs um, it does emit the data over i 2 c like as just very easily so i was able to port this to python and circuit python um, one thing i'll note is it has both i 2 c and spi interface however uh, the sciosense arduino library and the circuit python library does not support spi at this time um, I'm sure it, it does work, but it, we and we test all the pins. But only I2C is interface is used uh, right now. We might eventually add um, SPI as well later.
0: Hold on. Right.
1: I will now drop something. That's right. And now I can.
0: We uh, can confirm gravity is still working here.
1: All right. So uh, here you go. Here's just a quick demo. Um, what is that? Another nice thing about this sensor is that um, you can calibrate it with uh, temperature and humidity. So um, these sensors are affected by temperature and humidity because the the, the the wetness, the dampness of the humidity um, will land on the mock sensors and change the resistance, um, which means that as the humidity rises, it'll think that there is more uh, organic compounds or it will think there's more uh, CO2. However, you can, if you have a separate temperature humidity sensor, um, there's functions that you can tell it. Here's what the um, humidity and temperature is in in the area, and it will use that to calibrate and and fix the output. Um, you know, basically, you know, like most mock sensors, um, they're not calibrated. So you know, it is effective CO2. It's not a true CO2 sensor. It's a basic air quality indicator. Um, it does a fairly good job of detecting alcohols and stuff. But you know, it's not going to compare with a $60 CO2 sensor, so just be aware. That said, for the price, which is about 20 bucks, it's a very nice sensor and it's a nice upgrade to the CCS 811. And for everyday indoor air quality measurements, um, it does a very good job.
0: Yeah, probably not a bad idea to have these around.
1: So, very nice little sensor.
0: And that's new parts for this week. All right. Don't forget the code is guest sensor because we just showed a guest sensor. That's how you know. Um, we're gonna answer some questions because um, we had a bunch of stuff to show yeah. this week. So go to slash discord Join us all, even if we're not around. We're not broadcasting live. Uh, we're usually around, and so is our team. Ask your questions there. Hang out and more. Let's uh, answer some questions. I have some lined up. Let's hit me. Yeah. Hit it. Yeah. Rarp, Let's rarp, rarp, rarp. hit it. <laughs> rarp, rarp, rarp okay all right so the first one is if the samd09 were available would it be possible to make our own board featuring the seesaw firmware
1: totally if you can get the samd09 or samd10 which unfortunately is very hard to get which is why you'll see that i've made a new version of the seesaw okay. firmware for the um at tiny 816806 series of chips um, so it's under like it's there's Seesaw and then there's like Seesaw firmware. So there's another library that compiles under Arduino, which you should be able to port to uh, more available chips. The ATtiny eight one six seems to be somewhat
0: available these days. All right. Penguin, which was shown on Ask an Engineer, <laughs> which is part of the Adafruit Live series of shows, so you can put papyrus on your boards. Um, what is Pillow? Because that oh, is, Pillow is yeah. the
1: um, the Python imaging library that's the pill um and it was i think pill actually got discontinued it got replaced with pillow which is like another version but basically that's the thing that d- can take the font make a canvas out of it and then rasterize mm. it
0: okay um a couple of folks commented on how they are able to use our schematic pcb layout in eagle cad um and they designed their own ba- uh, board and key cad yeah so that's why we put everything up there because that's what people are doing so as someone said in the uh, the chat, you know, don't listen to the, the haters that are trying to get you not to use the tools that you like to use. If you can use an all-open-source tool train great. But it's not required to do open-source hardware. That's one of the cool things about it because you might use a Mac. You might use Windows. You might use some commercial tools. You might, you might do a lot, lot of things. I always had a
1: job where their first day of, of work you installed Gen 2. Yeah. You do it. And fine. it was cool, but, like, I could have just yeah. gone to work instead. And, you
0: know, the... <laughs> Just a little bit of history. So way, way, way back in the day, um, Lamore and I and Wendell from Evil Med Scientists Laboratories, we were doing a bunch of community outreach to EagleCAD um, when they were called, like, EagleSoft or something. Yeah, or, yeah. It, was,
1: it was CatSoft. It
0: was CatSoft. It was before they were Pretty acquired. Autodesk. And we spent a lot of time convincing them for an XML export, and they did it. And we wanted to kind of future-proof... These tools, and now that's one of the ways that all the file format goes there. And what, you know, it's funny sort of, is uh, when when people say, oh, you know, you're you, you can only use OpenCAD or or KeyCAD. When meanwhile, one of the things that would be great is an open file format for everyone. And that's one of the things that we we really wanted for everyone, and we were able to to do it. So that I think that's the approach. And then over time, more and more people can use open tools, and more and more tools become open. Um, I feel like you have to you have to participate in some way to bring more people together instead of just shouting at, at one another. So anyways, um cool. a little bit of history, maker history. It's almost ten years ago now. Um what's the difference between a continuous wave and a pulsed laser diode?
1: I don't know. I didn't do very well in my laser class, but um I do know laser cutters use a pulsed laser, they make little holes. Yeah. Um Maybe it reduces the risk of fire. I don't know.
0: Okay. Uh, not a question, but I want Phil to no. know I'm going to be forcing some friends who lost a wager to watch Hackers. Good. Good. Uh, next, please expand on the step the switch project. On uh, um, sorry, please expand on this step switch project you're working on where you're thinking about using the Roland font. Step switch breakout for one switch or more.
1: Oh, just for one. Just to make it breadboard friendly.
0: Okay. Dulles, tiny question: Should all shop pages have a no rating available? uh google Google customer reviews overlaid on the bottom right I wonder if it's because I'm in the u k yeah the u k might actually have different oh, rules that it might it. block so in the u s it says Adafruit has four point nine stars, but um with the way Google has to operate different in different countries, they may not have um the ratings available but anyways um, nothing we can do about that yeah uh saying thank you for all the adafruit does for circuit python just finished up a reflow soldering hot plate all code in CircuitPython. python oh, ah, right. thanks brad hey uh yeah
1: brandon bradden bradeline Braden.
0: drop us a note if you take some photos or whatever and let us know we'll feature it in a newsletter you can email pt at adafruit.com brad sweet and uh we'll feature it thanks for letting us know that's why we do this stuff one of the cool things about python and then CircuitPython python and then adafruit stuff when you combine all this thing all these things together you can make things that make things
1: and here's the thing. Soon you'll be able to use a Pico W and have it be Wi-Fi controlled. Which is probably yeah. not a good idea. <laughs> like, you right. want people across the internet turning yeah, on yeah, your yeah. hot plate.
0: All right. Um, also, you know, if you're making something like that, come on the show until next week. Wednesday at 730. I'd love to see it. Um, I think we are almost through all the questions. Oh. Brandon's gonna be on the next CircuitPython show. Okay, great. Yeah, like, sweet. See, by the way, all you have to do is make something with CircuitPython, and you're gonna be on a show. You're gonna be in a newsletter. You're gonna be able to have, so, so just to you know remind you're famous. everyone. Well, just to remind everyone, it is. Code plus. Code plus community. We're not gonna change the logo. Well, maybe we will, because we got this cool font now. But uh, anyways, um, that's why we do this. That was cool. All right. Uh, Is there any way to get a Trinket M0 to act as a I2C uh, with CircuitPython? I need 10 to talk, don't want to UC teaching some students.
1: Oh, do you want to ask it as a peripheral? Um, So the Trinket M0, I think we don't, I don't think it has enough space to add the I2C peripheral support. However, I do know the RP2040 does. So if you don't mind switching boards to use the rp2040 like the Pie rp2040 or the kb2040 which we give away free with some orders um it's about the same price and that one does have i squared c peripheral support somebody uh, did add it and i remember seeing the pull request
0: yeah okay and you got through the questions good work lady all right, everybody. That is our show for tonight. Don't forget the code is gas sensor. I think Takara is back and behind the scenes in our Yay! Slack. Hey, Takara, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. I'm trying to find time to hang out with Takara because I have I have some important things to chat about. Just say hi. Um, so hi to her. And uh, let me just make sure because I have me. yeah, yes. I think yeah. Takara is in the chat, so I'm going to say okay. hi to Takara in a bit. Um, So uh, that's our show for tonight. This has been an Adafruit production. We'll see everybody everybody. next week. Thank you so much, everyone, for spending time with us. We very much enjoy being with you. Thanks for making this one of the nice corners on the Internet where we can all come together, show and share things. I think uh, the world needs a little bit of that. Not More gonna penguins. wait for it to happen. Gonna just do it here, and we're gonna do it ourselves, and we're gonna make things that help people make things, and keep doing it.
1: And use papyrus.
0: And uh, we're gonna use fonts that um, some folks aren't gonna like sometimes. Or typefaces.
1: Okay. Yeah. And we're gonna mix up fonts and typefaces yes. too. Which one are we talking about?
0: Clads and stripes, I don't know. polka dots, all these things. <laughs> uh, we'll see everybody later. Here is your moment of Zener.